we're trained in how to deliver our testimony and in evangelization and apologetics, and we go through these courses or situations where we can enter into these very dynamic theological and inspiring conversations or learn how to speak from a platform or whatever it is, and instead just returning to the heart of prayer. All right, y'all, last time I talked to you about us delving into poetry, this week it's songwriting. I've been getting back into songwriting, and I got really inspired for some reason to write a song about a tortilla. I know that sounds surprising, but the really surprising thing is that the song is turning into more of a rap. Hey, everyone, welcome to episode 133. I hope that dad joke brought you some joy. That's how we start every episode here. So if you're a first-time listener, please make sure you rate and review this podcast after listening. That helps other people find it. Don't just rate it. Please leave a review. And if you're a long-time listener and you haven't yet done so, please do that. The highest compliment you can pay us is to share this episode obviously with other people and doing that on social media is even better and if you do so please tag us at mana food for thought is where we are at instagram you can find all of our other social media on our website manafoodforthought.com and you can find all of our other content on there weekly blogs our weekly um not only podcast previous episodes but also weekly bible study episodes that come out on the podcast. And while you're there, you can click on the Patreon tab on the homepage and you can become a financial sponsor for as little as $1 a month because this podcast does cost money to host. And if you found it a benefit, it could benefit more people if you are able to help contribute to that. And patrons get perks. And so thank you for all of you who do that, all of you who are considering it, and all of you who are here. So without further ado, let's get into the joy, junk, and Jesus for this episode. So I'm recording this episode in advance because next, or the the week that you are hearing this, uh, at least the days leading up to the day you're hearing this, I will have been in Georgia on a uh, retreat with Life Teen because I'm an area contact for Life Teen. And so I'm anticipating there will be a lot of joy seeing all of my friend area contacts, fellow Catholic family members from across the country and world um, in one place, which we usually only happens once, maybe twice a year, and not everyone always is there. So it's, it's always just a joy to be with them and be in community, get a kind of break from all the noise and hustle and bustle of work and life and routine and all of this stuff. And I'll obviously miss my family terribly and, you know, really enjoy doing ministry and love where my life is, but it's also nice to just be on retreat, you know? And so if you haven't been on a retreat in a while for yourself, highly, highly recommend and encourage that you do that. Um, junk is that this week I'm doubling up on all of my tasks so I can go on said retreat next week. So it's been a little chaotic and stressful. I've been staring at a computer screen for several hours straight today and I'm about to lose it, but that's all good. So we'll see how that comes out in this podcast. <laughs> and, um, excuse me, Jesus moment is that, um, you know what? I'm actually looking forward to this trip and not only the trip, but flying out to Georgia. And if you know me, you know that as I've gotten older, I've really just had a lot more flight anxiety. But the last flight that I was on when I flew to Las Vegas and back, um, I don't know. I just feel like something shifted a bit. You know, I still I still get a little bit of, you know, nervous energy, but um, it was so much better on that plane than it had been in previous years. And it had been a while since I've been on a plane. Um, So. Yeah, I just um, uh, it's a real Jesus moment that that is um, is I feel like I'm not going to say it's like fixed because, you know, I had one good flight, but, you know, um, semi good flight there and back. So that's two flights. But um, I'm hoping the same is true for this longer flight to Georgia. And it is direct, which I love. That's just a Jesus moment in itself that it's a direct flight. So, um, yeah, praise God for that. So 
Uh, I'd love to hear your Joy Junk Jesus things. If uh, you ever feel inspired or inclined to send them our way, please do so. Um, But as usual, I want to take a line, as we've been doing these past few episodes, uh, a section from the upcoming Sunday readings, uh, the second reading in particular that we focus on, uh, because I don't know if you know this, we have a weekly uh, Bible study podcast that's a recording of a Bible study that I do that's on the gospel, usually incorporates some of the themes from the first reading because they're uh, related. And then every Tuesday of uh, every week, I write a reflection on the the responsorial psalm for that upcoming Sunday. So the thing that's missing and that's left out is a second reading. And so I've been trying to incorporate that into these podcast episodes for Saturday. So if you do consume all of that content every week, you know, those two podcasts and, and blog, you'll be getting uh, some perspective and reflection on every single one of the readings, which is really cool. So the second reading this coming Sunday is from Second Thessalonians verses, uh, chapter 1, verse 11, all the way to the second verse of chapter 2. And uh, Thessalonians, First Thessalonians is believed to be the earliest letter that Paul wrote, and it's the earliest written document of all of the New Testament. Most scholars agree to that. Um, second Thessalonians is the second letter, which was written not that long after by Paul to the church in Thessalonica, which is in Greece, in the kind of the southern islandy part of Greece, um, not super far from Corinth um, and, and other uh, churches in, in Greece at that time. So, but a very early church community that St. Paul helped uh, establish and was very fundamental in their instruction. And so he writes to them, and, um, and I just want to focus on the beginning of this. And it's a really simple line, but he just says, Brothers and sisters, we always pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and powerfully bring to fulfillment every good purpose and every effort of faith, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him in accord with the grace of our God and Lord Jesus Christ. But that one line, we always pray for you, stood out to me as I was reading this and reflecting on it this week, and it reminded me of a story that I recently heard uh, on another podcast of a I can't remember this guy's name. He wasn't anyone super famous or significant at his time. He was a man, uh, his last name was Moore or Maury. Um, and he, every day, uh, would carry this list of 100 names in his pocket. And the 100 names were people that he were praying. he was praying for the conversion of. And I don't know exactly how he chose these 100 names, how he limited it once, you know, how long it took him to get to 100. But he prayed for these people every single day. And just by that simple act of prayer, he wasn't some big, you know, magnificent minister or preacher or some saint that I'm aware of, but he was just a humble guy going to work, trying to be faithful and praying for the people in his life that he wanted to know Jesus. By the time that he died, 96 of those 100 names had come to know Jesus and converted. At his funeral, the other four individuals were all present and they were so inspired by the outpouring of faith in the example of this man's life that all four of them subsequently converted after that. A 100% success rate simply by writing names on a list and intentionally praying for these lists, lists, this list of people, these individuals by name every day, multiple times a day, I assume. And that really convicts me because I find it that I, I could easily fill a list of 100 names of people to pray for, maybe not 100 people to convert. I mean, I th- I'm sure I know a hundred people who don't know the Lord. Um, I at least have, you know, plenty of acquaintances, people that, you know, I went to high school with or college with that I could easily think of. But, 
um, to be as more intentional about that and then follow that up with like conversations and patience and, and questions and being present to them and reaching out to them, et cetera. But I find it's even easy for me to forget the people who are already converted that, you know, I should be remembered, like people who I'm the godparent of or people who I've sponsored through confirmation, people who, um, who I know who are sick or people who've asked me to pray for them, people who have died who I should be praying for their time in purgatory and making atonement for their sins and, you know, offering up whatever sufferings or prayers that I have so that they'll enter heaven. You know, like those are all practices that we should be doing, you know, in prayer. And I feel like I'm pretty lousy at a lot of them, to be honest. And and I do have a prayer list, but sometimes I treat my prayer list as just like a, a backup catch-all. You know, it's just so when I'm praying, I can say like, oh, and everyone on my prayer list for all their intentions, their needs, for their healing and for their conversion. Um, but that, I think, ends up causing me to not look at my prayer list that often, you know, intentionally by name. And I was just so inspired by that story of this guy, just, you know, no one's significant. I can't, can't even remember his name, and I can't find, you know, easily where I heard this before, but um, previously, even though it was recently. So it was like, it's that, like, humbling and insignificant seeming of a person. And yet, in this, like, faithful prayer each day, the fruits that it bore were incredible. And I think both inside of the church and outside of the church, we live in a world that, you know, expects like supernatural fruit from supernatural effort. You know, like if you're putting in like all the time and all the hustle, then yeah, you're going to make all this money. Or, you know, if you want people to convert and, you know, have a powerful encounter with God, you need to have this big, you know, charismatic evangelization effort and event and this whole kind of strategic plan or, you know, whatever it is. And really, fundamentally what it comes down to at its source is that it's founded in prayer. The foundation is prayer. That's what we see time and time again in scripture, that when people in the Old Testament, when they are doubting whether or not they can overcome a certain battle or whether or not that they're going to be victorious, whether or not they're going to be completely wiped out, the times that they remember, like, no, God has chosen us, he is with us, and he will fight this battle for us, they are always victorious. Always. Even if it's like a ridiculously... Um, you know, outnumbered kind of battle or situation. They always find a way because they know God is with them, fighting for them. And so I just, I, I think maybe we've lost the wonder and awe we should have at the power of prayer because it's something so simple. It doesn't have the glamorous fireworks of big, you know, large events or, you know, things with all the bells and whistles, lights and music, or big evangelization efforts where we're trained in how to deliver our testimony and an evangelization and apologetics, and we go through these courses or situations where we can enter into these very dynamic theological and inspiring conversations or learn how to speak from a platform or whatever it is, and instead just returning to the heart of prayer. You know, like everyone can pray. Everyone can pray. It doesn't take any special skill or giftedness. You know, if you can think, if you can exist, if you can speak, even if you can't speak, you can pray. And it reminds me of something I read from Archbishop Fulton Sheen. He said, um, he was talking about heaven. And he says, as we enter heaven, we will see them, so many of them coming towards us and thanking us. We will ask who they are, and they will say, a poor soul you prayed for in purgatory. And I could add to that, you know, if I'd be so bold to add to the, the statements of someone who's on the way to sainthood. Um, but they will say, uh, you know, a poor soul who you prayed for. 
You know, I think there's another, not even just in purgatory, but just prayed for, period. I think there's another saint who says something to the effect of, like, only when we get to heaven will we see the, like, supernatural ripple effect of our prayers and how they change the course of people's lives all around us. You know, was, I, I don't know who said something to that effect, but it's it's true. You know, prayer can move mountains. So Jesus says in scripture, if you have but the faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this sycamore tree, this mulberry tree, be uprooted and fall into the sea. You could command this mountain to crumble and be thrown into the sea and it would obey you. But we like seeing those big ostentatious works, those big miraculous things. But what we forget is those things are rooted in faith and faith is rooted in prayer. Faith is trust in God, and you cannot develop trust without a relationship. And our relationship with God is our prayer life. It's our conversation with him, our presence to him, our day in and day out meanderings with him, thoughts with him, sitting with him in adoration, talking to him, listening to him, being in scripture with him, all of that. And if you find, as I have found reflecting on this simple phrase from the second reading, we always pray for you if you find yourself lacking in that, because uh, it's easy to say, uh, I always pray for myself, but I always pray for you. And sure, there are people I pray for every day, my wife, my children, my family, the people who are, who are really close to me, who are ill or who, you know, just um, who I love dearly and think of every day. Um, those people, yes, it's easy, but it's a, it's a small group and it could be so much bigger. And the power that prayer can manifest in my own life and the lives of others can be so much more supernatural if I just simply let it. And so that's my encouragement to you in this short episode recording in advance um, to 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 just simply pray boldly and consistently, intentionally for others, and especially for those who you have forgotten, those people you want to keep daily in prayer. Maybe there's people who you think of and you're like, oh, I haven't reached out to that person in forever, or, um, you know, oh, I really wonder how that person is doing. I hope they're well. When those things happen, like take those as signs of the Holy Spirit to A, to pray for them, because something may be going on in their life that you are being inspired to remember them. And then secondly, to reach out. And to extend like just, a, you know, uh, an opportunity for conversation and, and reconnecting. You know, hey, I was thinking of you today and just hoping that you're doing well. You wanted to catch up, you know, um, would love to call you or get together sometime soon. Um, <clears throat> it's a really great way to um, learn how to be faithful to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Because I found when I've done stuff like that. When I like randomly, someone pops in my head randomly in the day, if I just text them right then and say, hey, you know, God just like was putting you on my mind and just wanted to check in, see if I can pray for you in any way and how you're doing. I say 95% of the time people are like, I don't know how you knew exactly when to text me, but like I was literally asking God a question like right now or like I was literally, you know, about to do X or Y or was asking this or that. Like it was, or it was just like, I'm going through this right now. And I have no idea what to do. And you just like totally sent me the answer, you know, whatever. It's just, it's crazy. Nothing supernatural about me, but it's just that God knows what he's doing. And the fundamental way that we kind of tap into that and become part of it is prayer. And I think it's just sad that we've neglected that. And when we do enter into prayer, we want it to be kind of our way. We want it to be for ourselves. We ask for a lot for 
us or we spend a lot of time in other forms of prayer, but we really, really, I think, lack in, in intercession. And when we really intentionally pay attention to that, we create a culture around us that, you know, we don't even probably need to pray for our own needs because we've established that we all pray for one another and take care of the needs of one another spiritually. And I'll be taken care of just as I'm offering up for other people their needs in prayer. And so that's a good um, practice to enter into this week, maybe, um, that you're not allowed to pray for yourself. You're only allowed to ask other people to pray for you. And in doing so, ask how you can pray for them. And every time you enter into prayer, um, sure, you can thank God. You can express contrition and adoration to him. But when you get to your prayers of supplication, asking God for things, you can only pray for others this week. See how that transforms your prayer life. See if it makes you more charitable, understanding, um, and just provides opportunity for deeper connection with others. And I think it will. And I think there'll be supernatural fruits and they may not be as grandiose as a hundred people on a list converting. Um, but that's because that person prayed every day for their entire life for those people. And so the more diligent, persistent we are in prayer, the more humble we are in prayer, like the gospel readings have been saying these past few weeks and this upcoming Sunday, I think the more we'll see that incredible fruit. That's all I have for you this week. I pray that you are well and that this blesses you, that you'll share it with those who you think it will bless. And until next time, I will see you in the Eucharist. God bless. Thank you.